Weekly Laws Podcast, episode number 148. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo's signal. Oh, crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. <laughs> That's what you call a party in a podcast. Hold it! Stop, do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Party in a Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And you have caught us for a special episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast. This is our initial reaction for Season 4, Episode 7. Um, oh, goodness. Help me out here, Stephanie. Yijion? Y- I did it on the last one. <laughs> Yijion. How's that? Does that sound okay? All right. So anyway, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about what happened in this episode. Stephanie, I happen to have this sneaking suspicion that you probably are having a difficult time deciding whether or not where this falls on the scale of one to ten. No, actually, I think it's an eight. Oh, so you think it's an eight? I I personally, in my opinion... Which is all that matters because, you know. <laughs> That's all that matters. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, baby. I give it an eight. I uh, Sun is one of my favorite characters. Uh-huh. And see, I'm already getting eight question marks in the chat room. Sun is one of my favorite characters. Um, so it was good to see her in, in her flash forwards. But it was amazingly well played that Jen was having flashbacks. Oh, I, let that me was tell not. You. That was like the most well played writing that I think Lost has pulled off so far. Yeah, one thing I will say is that in the chat room, nothing gets by them, and it was just a. It was a little suspicious. I'll have to admit, um, and I'll give them full credit for this in in the chat room. They saw Jen's cell phone, and it seemed to be a bigger, bulkier cell phone. That was uh-huh. a little bit older. It looked like one of the old uh, Nextel phones. Or Nokia. Or Nokia uh-huh. phones or whatever. It, w- it just looked a little bigger and bulkier for something to be in the flash forward, especially when they go and show Jack's fancy little Motorola phone, or, uh, Razor phone or whatever it was in the flash forward in the end of season three. So folks in the chat room noticed it right away. Right. Okay. And of course... Um, then the the thing that threw me off and and really got me to to really believe in this was the fact that she was saying, "Is my husband here? Mm-hmm. Is I, I is Jin here?" Right. And so that seemed a little odd to me. I mean, obviously, I understand she could be in a lot of pain, and and but it just seemed weird to me that they were playing on her calling out for Jin and saying, "No, you're not going to do anything until he gets here." Was she just? Do you think it was just the pain? I mean, yeah. Well, obviously. well yeah. The the pain and the trauma can can do that. To, um, we watched. Oh, it was on a private practice. Do you remember this episode where the um the the cop's wife was giving birth and he had died months before? Yes. And she that was one of the emo- most emotional scenes on television. And if you remember, there was a moment there where she wasn't going to do it without him. But in, I mean, in the core of who she was, she knew that he was gone. So I think that Lost tried to, not that Lost, you know, took that from private sure, practice. But I, I, I think that that's what they, but were, that's what they were trying, trying to, to portray. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, well, the, but, the pain and the trauma of giving birth was enough to take her back to not necessarily 
remember exactly that, that Jen was dead. Right. And so the folks in the chat room, they were all pretty much just like, okay, this is weird. Old phone. Uh, they were having, you know, we were already saying, okay, so now we know who the six are. You know, it's Kate, Jack, Hurley, uh, Son, and Jen. And some people were saying Aaron. And it's like everybody in the chat room is like, no, it's not Aaron. Aaron, I don't believe Aaron's an, uh, is is considered an oceanic six because Aaron was not necessarily on the manifest. On the manifest. And so, um, and then everybody's like, well, yeah, but so Saeed, well, you don't forget about Saeed. Well, you notice when they took her into the hospital. Okay. When they took her into the hospital, they ID'd her as one of the oceanic six. Yes, I did hear which that. Which I thought was really cool because, because they are. that clarifying that absolutely they and because um i i did something really crazy well not so crazy i went to the grocery store i do that often but very <laughs> you crazy went to the grocery store i did but very crazy was i actually bought the tv guide with with the um naveen andrews and, and elizabeth mitchell on the cover number one because they both look really hot it was i mean an awesome cover and i just wanted to have the cover so that we could like frame it and put it up in here or something. I don't know. Anyway, I was reading through reading through the article on Lost, and where was I going with this? Oh, I don't remember if it was if it was Demon or or Car- Carlton, but they said after this week's episode, they will either confirm or deny the Oceanic Six. Mm-hmm. And they they confirmed Sun in that in that scene. Right. Where they, I did because they're all supposed to be these big celebrities, and you know everybody can recognize their face now. They can't go anywhere without being recognized, and sh- here she is, giving birth, and even here they can recognize her. Gotcha. Just so you know, there was somebody in the chat room that I have not seen before. I had never seen their username in a live show before. They were requesting a talk, and I did put a little chat message in there asking them to kind of give me a brief idea of what it is they were going to say. Uh, because it is a live show, we want to make sure that <laughs> we want to make sure that that we get an understanding of who's calling in. And, and we're screening uh, your calls. We dude. are screening. We are screening. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, we had people say some really mean things to me, and you know what? I I tend to <laughs> I tend to be a little cautious about who we let speak. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and and welcome to the show to all the people in the chat room, and feel free to hit request a talk. We Absolutely. Do wanna, we do want to talk to you. We, we just want to know what you want to talk about before you get on. Uh, if we don't, especially if we just haven't. <laughs> seen you before it's it's not a big deal welcome if you're a longtime listener and first time in the chat room so anyway yes so there were there was this argument going back and forth whether or not aaron is one of the six and then somebody says well don't forget about saeed and so they're like okay so then if you put saeed then that knocks aaron out of the six okay so now the debate is open again again who is, is the last six person well or is aaron six you know, that is so uh, I'm just saying the debate's there. Okay, the debate is there. The debate is there. But then they would have to um then 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 they're going to have to definitely make Claire one of the eight survivors, but not one of the Oceanic 6. Right. Right? Wow, he's going to make who what? They would have to make Remember um when Jack was testifying at, at Kate's trial? Yes. He said eight of them survived. Right. But two of them died shortly after. Okay. So Claire would have to be one of the eight, but not one of the Oceanic Six. Why do you think she would have to be one of the eight? For the baby to survive? I don't agree with that. I mean, if she dies on the island next week because they say somebody's going to die, then um, then 
then Claire could die next week and they still about, bring Aaron back. Okay, I'm talking about the story. The story. That they're making up. The story they're making up. Yes. Catch up. Man. No, I got you. <laughs> Do you? Really? Yeah. No, I, I would say that because he's testifying that there has to be some kind of verifiable validity to the idea that six people did come off of the island and two died. Right. I'm not. I, I, I. Okay. So I'm lost. I'm guessing. So all I'm saying is that. Okay. There, there's all this talk about who the Oceanic Six are. Yeah. Well, now we know who. Five. Five of the six are. We we correct? are guaranteed five of them. Yes. Okay. So we agree on that. Jack, Kate, Hurley, Saeed, and Son. And Son. Guaranteed. One hundred percent. Five. Of all the six. five of those are five of the six of the Oceanic Six. Absolutely. If, if perhaps, all I'm okay. Everybody keeps talking about the Oceanic Six. Yes. What about these eight people that survived? We know the Oceanic Six are six of the eight. So who are the other two? I'm saying that if Aaron is one of the six, then wouldn't Claire have to be one of the eight? Are you following me? Yes. Okay, that's all I'm, I'm speculating. It's speculation. That's oh, all it is. So you're saying you believe she has to be one of the eight. Please quit throwing things. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody in here knows what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Ah, anyway. All right. What's <laughs> Some, next? Sunquest 38 says Aaron is not Claire's baby, according <laughs> to the outside world. According well, okay. to the outside world, you're right. Okay. So anyway, then they got some major explaining to do. <laughs> so um, where were we? So we were talking about. Oh, okay. Let, let's go to a little bit of the beginning. Now that we, I think we are somewhat into the discussion of the episode at this point, um, Regina's book she was holding upside down. Upside down. Number one. Why was she holding it <laughs> upside down? And number two, because she's going crazy. Exactly. There's something wrong with her. And do you think it's the same thing that was going on with Minkowski? Maybe. Okay. And well, they said that uh, the captain, don't trust the captain, thinks that it has yeah, something to do with... Yeah, but look who wrote with... the note, don't trust the captain. Mr. All being... Mr. I've never trusted since the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Kevin. Can't stand him. Kevin Johnson. Oh, uh, even with a different name, still can't stand He got a haircut, though. That's, <laughs> he did that's get a haircut. Nifty. He got yep. a haircut. Um, so anyway. What was I going to say? I forgot. Go ahead. Uh, so anyway, Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels is something I saw somebody in the chat room write as far as what book that was. Now, I didn't pick up on that, uh, but I do remember that said uh, somebody did say, hey, did anybody notice that the book she was holding was Gulliver's Travels? And so we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in the weekend review of this episode. But uh, very interesting. I love the fact that there's more mystery stuff. Now, um, Regina, do you think that she is dead? Stephanie? I don't know. Well, what, are, what options are there? I mean, it, do you think it's... I mean, okay, whether or not you believe she is or is not dead, do you, what are, do you believe it's possible that she is not dead and instead... On Lost, anything is possible. Okay, okay. So there, there. Notice nobody actually said she was dead. And and what's no, weird? No, they didn't. Here, they here, just said she was gone. Exactly. Well, here's the one thing. With and I took notes. I was taking a, a few little notes for myself. A couple of those one-liner kind of things. And I and I even I even wrote this. I just said Regina jumped with chains into the ocean. 
Uh-huh. I didn't even say that she committed suicide. I didn't say just subconsciously. I did not say that she's dead. I just subconsciously wrote Regina jumped with chains into the ocean. Now, obviously, the chains to weight her down, and probably if I were thinking she were would be. Didn't con- Charlie jump into the ocean with chains to weigh him down? I don't recall that at all. No, he was holding on to something. Was he holding to, on something to something to pull him down towards the? You may be right. I that that does make sense. So uh, they said. Oh, he grabbed the rope. He grabbed the rope. What was the rope? Uh, grabbed the rope. The cable. The cable. Oh yes, that's right. He grabbed the cable to get down there. Is that right? Yeah, I can't remember. Right. My head is all cloudy. Who knows? Yeah, and and a weight belt. I think so. Anyway, um, I, thought, I thought he had weights around his waist. I don't okay, know. you you very you know what? That's what he's Chris Lackey says that he used weights. So I would say Thank let's you, go Chris with that. Lackey. Very cool. All right. So anyway, she she jumped in obviously, but is there some kind of underwater portal that will take her to the island? And they know about this. And the only thing that that just seems odd about that is that that would. Uh, it, it would just seem odd that she kind of seemed lucid enough to want to purposely go somewhere. Okay. Okay. And so um, the thing is, is I, I just she just seemed a little too off kilter for me to to be actually doing something with purpose. Does that make sense? I think I think, so. I think yeah. Regina was going crazy. I think they proved that she was going crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. So anyway, um, next up, uh, don't trust the captain. Of course, we understand that that note was slipped under the door by Michael, which, of course, um, was something that we kind of assumed because any any Lost fan that's listening to this podcast probably was watching Comic-Con and all the other things and seeking out news during the summer, and knew that Harold Perrinell was announced that he was coming back. Well, and he's been on the credits every episode since. Has he been on the credits? See, I don't ever watch the credits. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, Patchman is in the chat room, and I know that's we- because our credits are cut off because we don't. <laughs> screen you just muted me i know sorry sitting. all right Patchman, you're on the line go ahead all right thanks you guys uh i rem- i want to make a point that i remember hearing at comic-con about him coming back and as much as i kind of enjoyed him coming back i you could see it coming from a mile away and you knew he was going to come back at some point and i don't think it was the right thing to announce that he's blatantly coming back because then it kind of spoils it for me mm-hmm. so i would agree with you 100% there absolutely hands down i i agree i, I would the fact that they announced that harold Perinal was coming back was a dead giveaway that michael what, is kevin ma- whatever you want to call him is, is the, man. the man on the boat exactly and there there was no speculation about it in my opinion yeah and then looks like pretty much uh, most of the people in the chat room agree. I mean, it, it, the the lost producers at Comic Con basically ruined that for us. And was this the episode that they said there was going to be some kind of very shocking revelation? I don't know. I so I, I, I had never heard shocking re- revelation until you told it to me on the couch. Okay. I, I, yeah. I I've I've heard somebody say that there was supposed to be some kind of shocking revelation. 
and the shocking would, you know, it says all the actors said this is the most shocking episode. So, you know, sure, maybe. What was if, shocking about the fact that we find out that Jin is the, dead? The o- That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, and, you know, what... Exactly. That's the only thing I think of is I mean, is that either Michael is the man on the boat, ooh, shocking, whatever, uh, or I think the only thing that really I found shocking was the fact that we were experiencing a flash forward for Sun and a flash back for Jin. That's the only thing I found. That was so cool. I liked it. I liked it. I don't know if I'd call it shocking, but it was really cool. I was a little shocked. I was a little shocked to see it. And and I think it was played off well. Well played. Hats well off. Played. Hats Absolutely. off to those writers. Good to have them people back. Of course, exactly. this was pre-strike written, but so what do you think about Captain Galt and I his don't story? Don't trust the captain. Well, the thing is, is who, the problem is I don't trust the man who wrote. Don't trust the captain. And I don't trust the man who said the man that you don't trust. Yeah, the the I don't trust the man who said. Who sent the man I don't trust who wrote the note that says don't trust the captain. Exactly. Is that what you're trying to say? What you just said okay. is exactly, I think, what I was meaning to say. <laughs> so and <laughs> can, can you put that on a diagram for me, an org chart? Because, Probably. Okay, thanks. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes, right? <laughs> anyway, so Captain Galt, I would, it, you know, this is really odd for them to be, quote unquote, held in their, in, you know, being held prisoner, if you will. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, walking freely, talking with the captain. The captain's not really mean or evil and, and you know, going to torture them. You know, it just seems to be anticlimactic what's going on on the boat, except for, except for Regina jumping into the, into the sea with a bunch of chains wrapped around her and nobody's doing anything. Right. And it, it seemed like nobody was surprised. Nobody was shocked. Nobody. Nobody moved. Exactly. So that's why I'm thinking that you know, there's something more to that that we'll see later. And obviously we're going to see. Or they some, were brainwashing her to jump in. And so they all knew she was already going to do it. So before, before like we. Like she was in room 23. There you go. Only mm. it's that icky room with blood on the wall and, and bugs on the floor. <laughs> So it's the boat's version of room twenty three. You think so? Uh-huh. Yeah, something happened in the kitchen. <laughs> something happened in the kitchen. I w- so here's the thing: we've always we've we've had on on island flashbacks, and we've had mainland or you know outside world flashbacks. Now I think we're due for an on freighter flashback. An on freighter flashback. Yeah, I want to see an on island flash forward. An on island flash. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it just sounded fun. <laughs> no, seriously, I think we do need a, a, an on freighter flashback, which will explain, you know, what was going on with Minkowski. He's, you know, we've got the whole thing where he talked to Penny, uh, talking about right. that. And then who is this Regina girl and why does she all of a sudden go crazy and all this other stuff? How did How did Michael get introduced to the people on the boat? You know, there there are some really good questions there, and I think that it's those are going to be fun to watch. His little dinghy boat ran into it. <laughs> His little dinghy boat. All right. So anyway, yes, very exciting stuff indeed. Now, um, one of the notes that I wrote down is, did you notice, and, and somebody else in the chat room came up with this, but did you notice that Denny's had uh, sponsored this episode of Lost? Or I can't remember. That's what they said. I actually prefer to say, did you know that the Comfort Inn 
yeah, sponsored the continental this, breakfast. The continental breakfast. I that mean, it's like, could you pass the cereal, please? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they were just hanging out. I mean, mm-hmm. here's what's weird: is it seems so laid back. Breakfast at the bar, you know, seemed so laid back, and especially for a group of people who have just been under attack. So many people are dying. You know, John Locke just went off somewhere and and after pulling a, a the trigger on an empty gun at Jack's head. I mean, just but you know, hey, let's have breakfast. You know, hey everybody. You know, could you pass the uh, grits, please? And you know, all the right. good stuff anyway. So I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Do you think that Bernard really abs- um accidentally stumbled into what was going on between Son and Jen, or do you think he um maybe was around the area when that was happening and heard what was going on and so intervened intentionally. No. Because the conversation that they had in the boat was exactly, I think, what Jen needed to hear. I think it's exactly what Jen needed to hear, but I think that he was saying those things because he did I don't think he understood exactly the details of what Son and Jen were fighting about, but he knew that they were having issues. Right. But I do think just by the look on his face, I could I would have to say that he did not he was not aware. Okay. He came up and I didn't like, think he was aware You're going either. fishing. It's like, oh, I'll leave you alone. And he says, No, you come. Right. And, uh, um Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think so either. I just wanted your opinion. But I love how how Jen comes back to to Sun and says Maybe that's why I love this episode because it was a relationship centric episode, you know, and how he comes back to her and says, those things you did were to the man that I was. And and to to show that we we as people change and he knew that he had changed from the man that she married to the man that she had an affair on to the man that he is now on the island like Yes. That's amazing that you can that you can recognize that much change in yourself. Mm-hmm. And to be able to forgive her for that because you and I know that it's not just it's not just an affair with another person that is an extramarital affair. But he was having his own extramarital affairs with work and with, you know, his guilt and his uh resentment. That that led to, and not that she was right. I'm not saying that Son was right to have an affair with with Jay Lee. Is that his name? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying that she was right to do that, but what I am saying is that he was right to recognize that she was not completely to blame. Right. I mean, she's she has to account for her own actions, and I believe that she did. Right. But he stood up and accounted for his as well. Gotcha. Abs- I I totally agree with That's why you. I love that episode. So um. Yeah, so one of the neat um, things that we did get in this episode before, well, let's just start out with the note that it says here that, you know, where son go, I go. And this is, of course, before he finds out. And that just shows, you know, a huge contrast in their relationship between now and season one, which is a, a lot about. Absolutely, because in about. season one, it was where I go, son goes. Right. And and so I love to see the way that his character is evolved. And because it has, it makes it, I mean, even though I was I was angry to find out that he he is dead at the end of the episode, 
because of the way that they have evolved that character over time, it makes it acceptable. Right. All right. So we are going to uh, bring in uh, Steve. And Steve, you're on the line. Go ahead. And uh, first, let me unmute him. Uh, come on, talk shoe. Work for me here. All righty. There we go. Steve, you're on the line. Go right ahead. Hey, first, I want to say first time, lost time, uh, long time. <laughs> first time, lost time. You can tell what I have on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> so but you're I, you're a first time caller and live participant, but you've been a long time listener. Is that right? Right. I'm not normally home at this time, so I can't usually listen live. So it's an honor. But um, I think I have undisputable proof that Jen is dead. Okay. Is the, well, is, first of all, before you give us your undisputable proof, is there any reason why you think that people are questioning whether or not he's dead? Well, because the, the date on the tombstone said that he died on the date of the crash. And we know that, you know, most of the people who supposedly died on the day of the crash, you know, really didn't, or maybe not most, but, you know, all of the losties on the island. Oh, so, I mean, okay. For him not that, but my reason that he is dead is that if you'll notice in the episode, he for the first time made a huge turning point in that he didn't flip out on Sun and the way that he handled it. He he actually improved part of his character, like a man. And, <laughs> he's, he's improving himself, and it's been shown on Lost that whenever you finally better yourself, you die, and it shows that he's dead. So it makes perfect sense. No, I like that. Yes, yeah, Steve, I, I, I totally would agree with you there. Uh, that's a good point. The one thing I didn't notice, obviously, was the the fact that, you know, what the gravestone said. I, I saw a date on there, but obviously watching it through for the first time, it, it wasn't something I was able to pause and go back because we come right down here. But yeah, that wow, that's a good point. It, it absolutely is a good point. And then it goes along, it goes right along with what I'm saying about how his character, I, I said evolved, but redeemed is a better word. The way that his character has been redeemed since the beginning, we saw the same thing with Charlie and that's why it was okay. Even though it was sad that Charlie was dead, it was okay to accept that that character was was leaving because they have redeemed it i think as as pretty much as far as it could go and so i think that we have seen redemption in jen a, as far as it can go where lost is concerned and so therefore it makes sense that that character would die absolutely i agree but chris lackey disagrees okay uh, that, well, you know everybody's entitled to their uh, opinion and uh, yeah. he says what did he say good point but uh, until something, I and it ran off my. Until screen. now, we've seen everyone die. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Well, that that's true, and and that that I I will say, Steve, I I would agree that you make a valid point, and I I believe that son or that Jin is dead. I I I do believe that, but I do not believe that you've given us indisputable proof. That's the only thing I would say differently. But I am so glad that you were, your schedule allowed you to join us live here with everybody else on TalkShoe and uh, that you did call in. So thank you for Absolutely. that. All righty. Now um, we have the next, ep- or the next part of the episode. Juliet would do anything to keep Sun from going to the other side of the island to meet up with John Locke. The nerve. Do you think what she did was wrong? <laughs> 
the way she did it was wrong. Let me ask you this, okay? Put yourself in Juliet's shoes. Never. Go ahead. What would you have done? What What do you... Th- okay, forget that. What do you think she could have done to change Jen's mind outside of that? Well, I don't think it was Jen's mind that needed to be changed. I do. It still wasn't Jen's mind that was changed in the end. It, it was Son's mind. It was it, No, he came back to camp. He says, I forgive you, and now I'm ready to go to locks. And she says, I don't want to do that anymore. And he says, oh, okay, you're so right. Uh, <laughs> don't dispute me. Okay. If guess 51 says you're right, then you're it right. It was not. <laughs> it was never his mind that needed to be changed. Allison L. says Steph is always right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> Just need to put that out there for the one time that I might be wrong. No. <laughs> the one time. <laughs> The, and, and I love how you said, just for the one time, I might be wrong. Like, as, as, as if that hasn't happened yet. Uh, yeah, it has. I it love has. that. Clearly it has. But what, what I'm saying is that it was never Jen's mind that needed to be changed. So I don't think that Juliet causing that, that now nah, I loved what, what came about because of it, but it was n- causing that rift in their marriage was never, number one, her responsibility, and number two, not going to get her it never did get her the outcome that she was looking for. Right. It was, it was going to son and telling her in three weeks, you're going to be nauseous all the time. And then you're going to, you know, not be able to breathe. And then you're going to go into a coma and you will die and your baby will not be born. She spoke to a part of her as a mother, not Juliet, but she spoke to the mother in son, knowing that her baby would not be born. And then, then, she said, yeah, okay, but she, I won't go. she wasn't going to have that opportunity because they were packing up and leaving for Otherville. Let me, okay, regardless of how she did it, can I just say that while I would have agreed with you at the very moment that she said it, and I'm like, that is not her place. It is not her. I mean, that is just ridiculous. She is not responsible to, to share that kind of news regardless. However, I must say, that if if okay follow me here if jen does die within the next couple days on this island then it is very important and it and and, and i will say that she probably that jun that that son will be very thankful to juliet that she did bring it out in the open and that they worked through it they dealt through it and he, and she knew that she was forgiven by him Okay. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I think I'm not that saying it that take... it was right. I, I don't think the ends justify the means. But all I'm saying is that Juliet can, comes out as being the one who really helps them get beyond this and gets it out in the open. But it's not her place. It was not her place. I agree with you there. And I really would have liked to see her get slapped again. A couple more times would have been fun. I really would have liked she it. She needed some bruising on the other side of her cheek. I agree. Which, you know, I'm glad that they brought the bruising on Juliet. A little karate kick to the face would have been you good. You think so? Yeah. I like those. I, I and, and don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> I do like Juliet. But she she was way out of line. I like line. Juliet, too. I just like to see people get beat up. I just, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway. All right. So during one of the co- commercial breaks, uh, we there was some kind of um, 
Age of Consent uh, commercial. 2020 special. So 2020 is having a commercial or had a commercial that talked uh-huh. about the age of consent uh, that Americans, they said they pulled Americans and it seems that that Americans overall s- seem to be more okay with a teenage son. No, it son. was asking a question. Okay. They, they, they weren't saying yes or no. They were asking I think they the were question, ins- do you think more Americans think it's okay for a teenage son to have sex than they do for their teenage daughter to have sex? Yes. And, and I have my answer. Right. But and you'll have to wait. Right. And so they're going to, and then of course they, they uh, showed a couple of the questions that they went around and asked and gave people multiple choice saying, Hey, uh, what is the, what, at what age do you think is too young or is the oldest age at which you're still too young to, to have sex? And they had 14, right. 16, 18. Right. And um, anyway, somebody in the chat room said, you know, hey, it would be interesting to hear Cliff and Stephanie do a podcast <laughs> on that. And so we do have a podcast called TV Talk. We do. And Stephanie and I have created that podcast as something that's avail- that's going to be available. Most all episodes will be available, or I'm sorry, every episode of TV Talk is going to be available to those who are a part of our gspn.tv plus membership, which um, is $10 a month. And you get all access to like, I think what we have, 19 podcasts that we produce you get everything and uh in essence uh basically what we'll do is we will do an episode on that 2020 so and that's going to be available to everybody because we don't have everything completely set up yet anyway so with that moving right along okay moving right along moving right along now we came back and uh we talked already a little bit about the fact that bernard is back we didn't see Rosie, though. No, we didn't. Where so, was Rose? I don't know where Rose is. But he did say a couple things that we learned about Rose. Number one, he does believe that Locke is a murderer. He did. And I believe he's right. I do, too. I believe he's right. The fact that he too. pulled the trigger on that gun, he is a murderer. He killed Naomi. He did. Well, he stabbed her in the back. It doesn't matter. She died. Okay. Right? Yeah. What? No. You said he pulled the trigger. He didn't he didn't shoot the tr- her. The trigger was on Jack. No. What? Jack pulled the trigger on John. Did Jack pull the trigger on John? Yeah. Never mind, forget everything I just said. Okay. And That's John it. stabbed Naomi <laughs> in the back. So Jack's a murderer too. And again, Steph is right. <laughs> That's exactly what <laughs> Oh gosh! People, I love doing this podcast with you. I, I I love it when I justify all the the negative feedback that comes in. Why do you guys even do a podcast? You guys don't even seem too clear on the facts of the show. And it's like because we like you know it. What? You know, <laughs> let's see how clear you are on all the facts. You know what? Here's here's the thing. There's a reason that I don't answer feedback, <laughs> <laughs> and this is it. You know, People we, would not like to hear what I have to say. <laughs> anyway, before we go too far down that rabbit hole. Uh, so it's, Bernard also believes in karma. And uh, let's see here. And then I think that's pretty much all I have. Really. It, it really is all I have. Okay. So did, did is there something that we did not cover that you would like for us to cover? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think I covered everything. 
the only thing that I really want to know that I cannot find, so it'll have to wait until Saturday because I'll need more time, but I wasn't able to find it, is the meaning of the baby's name. Okay. Because, you know, there is nothing that is coincidental in this show. Mm-hmm. And so her, her meaning has name, and the fact that he picked it out while they were on the island, I think, has... Well, if somebody found it, then tell me. <laughs> All right, Miss Wizabus uh, says that they found it. And uh, let's see here. We have somebody who is requested to talk, and that is... Well, if somebody said the baby's name, then I missed that part. Okay, and uh, we've got Patrick on the line. Patrick, you're unmuted. Go ahead. Oh, yes, the 100 and... What was it, 34? Or 324 dead bodies. Did it get out of his magic box? (laughs) Exactly. You know, that's a good question. Uh, So that is... Those are the kind of things that we will bring up in our weekend discussion. Uh, there are other things that we have. Did you notice that they, there was the, um, uh, is that Korean writing that was on the tube that she pulled out of the uh-huh. medicine cabinet? And uh, that just seemed like they were really showing us an up-close uh, on something on that. So we'll wonder what the translation is on that. Jeff in Texas, did you want to add something? Yes, I just wanted to say that I think that it's going to become a bigger deal about the fake airplane. They acknowledged for the first time the plane was a fake. If you remember when Jack testifies, he makes a point of saying they got down in the South Pacific, which is thousands of miles from the Indian Ocean where the plane was. I think it's going to become common knowledge, at least by the time of the trial, that the plane, that the plane wreckage that was found was faked. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, absolutely. So I think I think you're right. There, there is going to, that that is possibly going to be common knowledge. And uh, the one other thing, I'm sorry, Jeff. Why I seemed a little caught off guard there by your your talk is that I was reading in the chat room right above you. Chris Lackey wrote something that just is very profound. He says, "Cliff, just a note: there were two toothbrushes and a can of Right Guard in the bathroom uh, in Son's bathroom." Okay. So two toothbrushes. Two toothbrushes and a can of Right Guard. Right Guard being, you know, deodorant spray that men typically would use. Okay. And not meaning just meaning she's in her apartment that her and Jen shared before they got on the plane to go to the island. Do you think that's it? I don't know. Okay. Seems simple enough. All right. Well, you know me, I'm all about the simple. Well, the, no, <laughs> the thing is is the reason why I think that that's valuable insight and in, in information is because is because they they made such a point to show us the inside of that medicine cabinet. Well, and they made a point to show that she was having a hard time letting go of her wedding ring as well. Okay. I think they made a point of showing that she's having a hard time letting go of her husband. Gotcha. All right. And maybe there is a greater reason why. Maybe he did not die in the crash on September, what, 22nd, 2004. (laughs) All right. Michael, did you want to add something to the conversation here? Uh, Yeah. It was about the... um about the fake crackage. Okay, and what did you want to add? Um, I heard from the producers that um, that there would be given two explanations for the fake crackage and that we wouldn't know what was the uh, true explanation and what was the fake one, so that would be a mystery for all of the uh, viewers. 
interesting. Just what we need, more unanswered questions. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Michael. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, unless anybody else wants to hit request a talk, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up here. And we want to say thank you to everybody who has joined us. If you are interested, we will be back this weekend at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. For those of you who were not able to join us live here on Thursday evening, we can invite you now to join us at gspn.tv slash live. And until next time, Stephanie and I want to invite you to stay Stay lost. lost.